Once in a while, there's a news story either in the paper or on the internet involving a leak of some contract dealing with a musician or some rock star. And normally what people enjoy reading about them are the insane contract demands that a lot of musicians or rock stars have whenever they have a concert anywhere. So for instance, there was a story about how Beyonce demanded rose-scented candles and a room temperature of exactly 78 degrees in her dressing room. Or Elton John demanded a six-foot sofa, six different food banquet tables with white linen tablecloths, and flowers, but no carnations, lilies, or daisies. Or probably the most famous of all, the rock group Van Halen demanded a bowl of M&Ms in their dressing room with the brown ones removed. It's kind of funny, isn't it? Just to think about some of these outrageous demands that a lot of these musicians had for their dressing room. And if these demands weren't met, they would threaten to cancel the show, or some of them would actually follow through and cancel altogether. Now we might look at this and think these are absolutely outrageous demands, but then again, they've got, the, they've got all the cards. They're the rock stars. They're certainly making a lot more money than all of us. And because of that, maybe they might be able to demand unrealistic standards of perfection, of excellence, or of quality. Now, while I don't think that each of us, when we're negotiating a job contract, demand those types of things in, in our contracts, I think this type of attitude can seep into our relationship with God. And I think we get a good example of that in our gospel today. So we hear Jesus once again calling out the Pharisees. A lot of these recent readings, these last few weeks, have all been Jesus addressing the Pharisees and specifically calling them out for their hypocrisy and how really they don't deserve to be in charge, if you will, of the people of Israel. So this parable talks about this landowner who builds a vineyard and leases it to tenants. And those tenants are really a metaphor for the Pharisees. And at the harvest time, the landowner sends his servants to reclaim his produce. But the tenants beat those servants, kill them, and stone them. And those servants that the landowner sends are a metaphor for the prophets and the judges and the holy kings of times past, who most of them, frankly, were rejected by a lot of the people. Finally, though, the landowner sends his son, his beloved son, thinking that the people will respect the son, but if anything, they desire to kill the son more than anyone who had come before him. So again, this is a metaphor for Christ himself and what the Pharisees and scribes would eventually do to him. Now we might look at this passage about you know, the tenants and then the Pharisees themselves and think, why on earth would they do that? Don't they know what God has given them? Why would they possibly kill the son? Why would they kill these servants of the landowner? What more could they have possibly wanted from that landowner? And what kind of insane demands did he somehow not meet for them? Those are all very valid questions. I think it's good for us to ask them, but I think they're better asked, actually, to ourselves. Looking in the mirror and asking those questions directly to ourselves. Because we have to ask ourselves, how are we like those tenants? What more does God have to do to win us over? What more could he possibly do? You know, if we think about it, our Catholic faith is an absolutely incredible gift. 
It's an incredible gift that God has given us every possible thing. He has sent so many good things into our lives, and yet so many people in little bitty ways reject it for seemingly small and petty reasons, right? So many of us either you know, don't, aren't as faithful or even leave the faith altogether for smaller or seemingly petty reasons. And we've heard of them, you know, whether it's the music or the preaching or that other church has a nice coffee shop or they have a rock climbing wall or they've got professional lighting at their masses or things like that. And compared to the most essential things, those seem like the itty bitty details in a contract that we demand from God. And I don't think that's the right approach. Because if you think about it, you know, what more could God possibly give to us? Maybe we want him to give us messengers to teach us right from wrong. Well, he's done that. He's given us the prophets and the many great figures of the Old Testament. Maybe we want God to give us a ready-made manual on how to live our lives that accurately communicates his voice to us. Well, he's done that too. He's given us the Bible. Maybe we want him to give us an institution to guide us in turbulent times and to teach us the truth, to preach the truth, and to guard the truth. Well, God has given us that too in the Holy Catholic Church. Maybe we want God to die for us. Well, he's done that as well. Maybe we want examples of heroic men and women to pray for us and to give us examples of what we could hopefully become someday. Well, God has given us that as well in the examples of the saints. Or maybe we want God to send his son directly to us, that we can revere him, that we can adore him, and that his son could be with us forever. Well, he's done that too in the Holy Eucharist. God has given us so much. He has given us so much in our Catholic faith. Everything that we need, everything that we could ever desire to live a holy life. And yet somehow those things were not enough for the tenants. They weren't enough for the scribes and the Pharisees. So why aren't they enough for us sometimes? Why aren't they enough for us? Because if they're somehow not enough for us, then I think we're behaving closer to those rock stars with outrageous contract demands. So we have to ask ourselves, do we have that attitude? Do we demand the tiniest details and are we willing to cancel everything if they somehow aren't met? Are we willing to give up all of this, scripture, tradition, the church, everything, even the Eucharist itself, are we willing to void the contract, quote unquote, for so, such small things like music, preaching, or a coffee shop? Because compared to the big stuff, that's like canceling a show over some brown M&Ms that are somehow in your dressing room. And we don't want that. The challenge for us, I think, this week is to thank God for the gift of our Catholic faith and how God has given us everything. And to maybe reach out to those who might not come as often or at least have abandoned the Catholic faith. And first of all, to pray for them, to hold them up to our Heavenly Father, to show them charity and love and mercy but also maybe have the courage to talk to them, to not chastise them, but to show them the joy that our Catholic faith brings us, how fulfilled we are to knowing that God has given us everything and that we don't have to worry about the tiny little details like whether we've got some brown M&Ms in, in, our, in, our, uh, in our bucket of M&Ms. So really, what more does God have to do to convince us to give 
Him everything, to give our whole selves over to Him. What else could God possibly give to us? He has given us everything we could ever want or desire. So this week, may we have the strength to accept Him and to follow Him.